This is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, September 19th. All right, Corey, you got some volleyball on the broadcast schedule tonight. Indeed, we have non-conference volleyball on a Tuesday night. Staples Motley Cardinals at the Monaga Braves this evening. We'll start with the home team, Monaga Braves, coming into tonight's contest a four and five overall record. Uh, they're coming off a very nice three and one tournament at the uh, Walker Hackensack Akeley tournament. Uh, they beat Cass Lake Bina, Walker Hackensack Akeley, and Bertha Hewitt. Their only loss. Uh, to Southridge. In the Park Region Conference, the Braves are 1-1. One and one. Uh, Technically, I guess, uh, uh, tied for, um, well, it would be technically third, but second place, Verndale, Wadena, Deer Creek, undefeated in conference, play at 2-0. and oh. But the New York Mills, Sabika, Monaga, and Bertha Hewitt are all each 1-1. One and one. Staples Motley Cardinals come into this contest at 7-6-1 and one overall. Uh, they played in a Holly tournament over the weekend where they went 1-3. and three. Their lone win over Lake of the Woods, uh, losing to Holly, East Grand Forks, and then East Grand Forks once again. The Cardinals in the Mid-State Conference, uh, Detroit Lakes and Staples Motley tied atop the conference, each at 2-0. and oh. So it's the Cardinals at the Braves, non-conference volleyball uh, tonight, scheduled for a 7-15 pregame and a 7-30 first serve on 105.9 FM, the Superstation K106, online at wadinaradio.com and via your Superstation K106 app. All right. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a fun matchup there. So we talked with uh, Monaga AD Michael Wirtz last Friday. Uh, he talked about, uh, you know, the young Monaga Braves volleyball team and kind of them trying to piece things together and, and build kind of what they want to see as the next few years of Braves volleyball. So that'll be fun. And uh, younger team as well in Staples. So it should be uh, in Staples Motley. So it should be, uh, should be a good volleyball match. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so switching gears here, let's talk a uh, little Minnesota Twins. They last night played the Cincinnati Reds. Joe Ryan wasn't very sharp. Twins lost 7-3. Oopsie poopsie, whatever. Uh, the, the biggest thing is, Corey, we talked about in this twin series, the Tyler Malley trade, which of course uh, sent Tyler Malley to the Twins. That w- did not go well. Uh, but the Reds got uh, Spencer Steer. Christian Encarnacion Strand, and Steven Hajar from the uh, Twins. Now, Steer and Encarnacion Strand have both been, uh, I would say, rookies that have played a lot for Cincinnati this year. They've kind of been up and down, as most rookies are. Um, but the other player, Hajar, which I was like, oh, good, at least like that one won't come back to haunt the Twins, right? Because they traded him to Cleveland. Well, Cleveland got in return Will Benson. And Will Benson nearly hit a home run off Ryan in the second inning. Michael A. Taylor robbed it at the fence. Uh, But a run still to come in on a sack fly. Uh, Benson then hit a three-run home run to put the game out of reach early. Uh, So that trade uh, still haunting the Twins. Uh, Is haunting the right word? At least maybe biting. Or are you being dramatic? I'm being a little dramatic here. I honestly have never heard of any of those guys. What? What? But Corey, if you're on social media, the twins had like the got the rob twins were robbed with the worst trade since like Babe Ruth or something. I don't I don't know. I mean they traded for Tyler Malley. Who's heard of that? Twins fans haven't even heard of who that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's like um that, s- that's like one of the like 
yesterday off the air, we were talking about the cost of doing business. Uh huh. Right. And sometimes you just have to have guys on your team. Mm hmm. And uh, one of the ways you can have just guys on your team is by having them slowly but surely make their way through the ranks. Mm hmm. Um, uh, and then it's just a guy on your team. Right? Yeah. Like Max Kepler, for example, is a guy on your team. Yeah. There's a lot of guys like him around Major League Baseball. Just an outfielder. You can slot him into the starting lineup, and uh, he will be uh, 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 serviceable at worst to pretty decent at best. Uh-huh. Right? That's one way. Another way you can get just guys on your team is by trading one of your other guys for somebody else's guy. They're just all, yeah. all these guys are just guys. At Pretty least much. right now. Now, if it turns out that um, the guy who's got a cow last name, what's his name? Spencer Steer. Him. If he ends up being a Hall of Famer in in 15 years, then yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oops. That one got away from us a little bit. But I don't know, man. I um, uh, They're both not winning Rookie of the Year, so let's put it that way for the Reds. Like It's not like no. they've not taken the world by storm. And that's the thing that we've talked about before off-air, which is, People on social media will rip the Twins for trading Spencer Steer, Encarnacion, Strand, and whatever. But at the end of the day, those guys played infield. Where were they going to play? Mm-hmm. There's Correa. There's Lewis. Mm-hmm. Brooks Lee is the Twins' top minor league prospect, and he's in AAA right now. You still have Jose Miranda. If you think he has a future in the organization of playing right. first or third, Alex Kirilov has basically just become a first baseman. Like You have a logjam of infielders. So they traded from some depth to try and acquire a pitcher. Now, Tyler Malley blew out his elbow and hurt his shoulder last year. So, like, there Mm -hmm. wasn't – the Twins didn't get any value in return. But to say that the Twins gave up a mass amount of value that's going to haunt them for years to come is a little, you know, it's dramatic. Like, every single time Encarnacion Strander Steer did anything on Twitter, uh, there were a lot of people who would, like, point him out and be like, oh, man, the Twins don't know how to trade. And it's that – it's – Whatever, we got to stop. Twins fans have either real or pretend PTSD about David Ortiz. Uh huh. That's exactly what it that's is. That's all this is. This is just like uh, this is another example of uh, fans getting lost in the weeds of their own organization uh-huh. and not understanding that, like, just because this happened, maybe the Twins did lose this trade. Who cares? None of right. those guys are anybody. <laughs> this trade, the, the Twins lost this trade, a hundred percent. They lost the Tyler Malley trade, but did it set the organization back years? Not in the slightest. They didn't lose it. Uh, like if you were to assign points to this trade, right? Like uh-huh. it was a basketball game or a baseball game. They didn't lose this game twenty-six to zero. Right. It was like I don't know. They lost seven to three. You know, they lost seven to three. It's just another. They're going to make another trade that they're going to come slightly out in front on. And they're going to make another one where they're going to be like, yeah, well, that one, that one didn't, that one didn't work out. Anyway, all of this to say that the Twins may have lost last night in Cincinnati, but they did win in the sense that Cleveland uh, had Kansas City hang a four spot in the eighth inning. So the 102 loss Royals beat the Cleveland Guardians yesterday afternoon. Twins magic number dips down to Michael Kadire. It's at five. Eduardo Escobar, maybe Rocco Baldelli, any other fives you want to think of in Twins history. But those are the last three. It's going to be a dogfight for Kansas City to get to 50 wins. Uh huh. You know, there's the joke in baseball, or there's the old saying, I should say, in baseball, of every team gets 60 wins and 60 losses, and what you do with the other 62 is up to you. 
Not for the Royals and the Athletics. No, they're giving away about a dozen wins to someone else. Uh huh. They stink. They're bad. So Bobby uh, Wood Jr. is really good, but the rest of them stink. This is um uh uh if I'm allowed to nitpick just a little bit here. Sure. Um, another weird point in the season where the Twins are just being handed these things and they refuse to grab the bull by the horns. Like, here it is. They're going to Kansas City, is Cleveland. Um, uh, all, just take care of your business, and Cleveland's gifting you one here. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's going to work out for the Twins. So I'm, I'm not like – I'm not – cannonballing into the deep end of this. You're not saying Cleveland's going to catch the Twins or anything. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is an, just another time where it's like, how many how many times did the, the Twins go to Detroit? Uh-huh. And they're like, hey, here's a chance to take the division, like tie everybody else's shoelaces together, and you can just run away with it. And then they would lose three out of four or something. It's the old, uh, it's the old SpongeBob meme where he looks at him, he's like, "Let him have it," and he just looks and goes, "You can have it, thanks." Yes, and that's that's exactly how it is. This is another one of those like Kansas City's gifting you this opportunity here. Uh huh. Take care of business with Cincinnati. Yeah, just do it. It's okay. There's two more games left. Now the Reds, for their part, are fighting in their for their wild card lives. There's like five teams chasing two playoff spots in the National League. It's pure chaos, and I right. love it. Uh, Let's so. not limp into this, though. Yeah. We don't uh, need to go out by only winning three of our last 12. Yeah. Well, don't worry. They're playing the Angels, the A's, and the Rockies, all three teams which have essentially waved the white flag. I would like to play good against a decent team, though, since that's who they're going to have to play come playoff. Yeah. Game. No, no, no. Of course. Of course. Uh, but. It's nitpicky. I'm nitpicking. Yes. I want to be very clear. I'm nitpicking on this. So I'm not nitpicking when I say the Vikings' offensive line is terrible, uh, at least on the interior. Uh, the tackles are good. Brian O'Neill, Christian Derrissaw is yeah, good when as they, they play. Come. <laughs> uh, so the center position, Garrett Bradbury, who knows how long he's going to be out with the back injury. Uh, and Oli, The rest of his career, likely. Oh, and Oli Udo, by the way, out for the season. He got nice. absolutely, his light, one of his likes got absolutely destroyed. Sure did. Uh, so he's, uh, he's out for the season. Rest in peace. That prompted the Minnesota Vikings to finally get some help at guard, and Dalton Reisner is officially a Minnesota Viking. <laughs> Is this the guy that they brought in during training camp, and then he left, and then they signed his buddy? Remember that? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was. They signed like some other former Bronco to be like a backup. Now the thing with Dalton Reisner that always was the thing was like, okay, well he probably costed too much money. Like the Vikings didn't have a ton of cap space, you know, like around the margins. Like he probably was asking for like eight to ten million a year. You know, like he was trying to hold teams by the horns who needed offensive linemen. He was maybe being picky. You know, like, uh, he was maybe like, you know, he's trying to weigh his options because it's training camp. He's waiting for some other team to have an injury and then he'll jump on the bandwagon, you know, whatever. Uh, but no, he only signed with the Vikings for like four million with two and a half being guaranteed. And according to Ian Rappaport, now who knows if he heard this from his agent or if he heard it from the Vikings, I'm guessing probably the first one is that he basically wanted to play for the Vikings because he assumed that they would at least play competitive football through the rest of the season. Sure. Um, cool, why bro. did why did this take so long to sign him? Why did it take until week three? Is my point. Like, were they yeah. holding out? They they brought in Reisner during training camp, so it told us that they were not confident in either Ezra Cleveland or Ed Ingram. Why and 
why did it take for Ole Udo, the backup swing tackle, getting hurt for the Vikings to sign a guard? Is my whole why did this take so long? Why like I'm guessing he wanted more money than he got. My the, yeah, that's probably like true. That, th- there's probably a little bit of uh, listen, man. That's that's they're trying to the Vikings are trying to figure out how to make money work for some people. Right, right. The Hawkinson thing. Uh, you could make the case that they were receiver. Yeah, you can make the up. case that they were trying to re-sign Jefferson and it didn't and they yes. didn't quite get there. So now they have the extra money lying around. Goes. Yeah, and they just yeah. cleared up some some room. My question is, uh, uh, this guy is a he's a bona fide starter uh-huh. in the NFL. He started for Den- uh, Denver. My, is he um, is he in a bona fide starter? Like Ed Ingram is a bona fide starter because the dude is a starter. The guy has started for two straight years, basically. Or is he, you know, um. Randall McDaniel. He's definitely not that. <laughs> definitely but. not that. No, he's somewhere probably right smack dab in the middle. A serviceable guard who can play. I mean, he's not going to be he's not going to be great. You didn't sign, you know, Randall McDaniel or anything, but you signed basically a, a guy who is just competent. And I think that's the biggest thing. Now, w- the guy's been a free agent for this long. So why was that? Was it injury? Was it locker room concerns? Was it money? You know, what was the reason why he was left unsigned until the regular season started? Right. That'll, so is that, you know, that's always not a great sign. Or is it like the Vikings when they signed Jake Long in 2016 and that was immediately a tire fire for their offensive line? Does that move some pieces around a little bit? Because they're a mess in between the tackles. Yeah, so there's some people who are speculating online that the Vikings can move, actually, uh, uh Ed Ingram, because he played some center in college at Miami or Pitt or wherever he went, and they would move him to center because Bradbury's out and Schlopman has not had a good couple weeks filling in. And then you could move Reisner into Ed Ingram's spot, and you can technically save face with your second-round draft pick by still having him play while essentially benching him at the same time because then when Bradbury, whenever he comes back, you can then figure it out and then maybe quietly bench him at so, that point. So Ed Ingram, the guy who has stepped on Kirk Cousins' toes no fewer than three times in the uh-huh. last f- five games. And credited with a strip sack. Is going to be the guy we're going to put directly responsible for touching Kirk Cousins on every single play? Well, I think he stepped on his foot mainly because he was trying to pull sometimes. So I think if you take that away and you just do that, and plus you put him in the shotgun, I think that'll help a lot. <laughs> I mean, if you if you can if you can support him more on either side, I think that's. You uh, I mean you have to do it? I the mean, guy needs all the. He needs to not play or need all the help he can possibly get. Exactly. The Vikings' offensive line continues to be a mess, but you know they need all the help they can get, and the Vikings need to get a win desperately to try and stay in that NFC playoff race. Good news, as we talked about yesterday, all the NFC North teams did lose, so the Vikings winning this week could potentially put them right back into first place and they're right back in the thick of things as the as we move through the first month of the NFL season. Um, Reisner probably won't play this week. He probably, you know, is going to just spend this week learning the playbook and uh, kind of taking a back seat and maybe is used as a reserve as the Vikings try and get through the Chargers game or... Who knows? I mean, we saw talk. Uh, we saw T.J. Hawkinson learn the playbook in like three days uh, as a pass catcher. So you know, stranger things have happened. But the Vikings are bringing him in on a Tuesday. They've already started to work on installing game plans and whatnot and doing this and that. It might not be enough time for him to quite get into game action on Sunday. But hey, we'll see. This has been the morning sports desk for Tuesday, September nineteenth.